So today, I went to an art show. Welcome back to another episode of From the Journal of John Raskol. I am the host, John Raskol, and also shout out to Anchor for making uh, it easy to upload these podcasts and possibly sponsoring the video. I don't quite know how it works still. Uh, if you want, you can support the channel by donating money. It just helps me uh, with more and more episodes so I can maybe take some time away to produce more. And maybe if you want uh, it not so much off the top of my head or maybe more of a script so it sounds a little bit easier let me know um, but anyway I went to Winwood Walls in Miami now it's a art exhibit gallery in Miami Florida and it was kind of cool it was like an outdoor out gallery where people had painted on the walls and done murals and then there's some indoor exhibits and stuff like that here and there where they had paintings hung up now, overall, it was pretty good, but I wouldn't say it's something you need to try and cram into your vacation next time you're in Miami, Florida. Um, it's just something if you have the time and available availability for it, then I would say then maybe check it out. Uh, apparently, it used to be free, but now they charge uh, admission. Um, so there's that to maybe consider. Um, but anyway, I guess we should jump right into it. Now the exhibit, um, overall, like like I said, it was okay. It was pretty good. It was enjoyable to walk around, see some uh, cool paintings. Um, but overall, if you're expecting like high art, then maybe it's not exactly for you, or some that um, really likes uh, like better, higher artistic expression, maybe. So I'll start out with some of the ones I I liked um, and. To preface this, a lot of the photo or paintings that I liked, I took a photo and saved it to my or with my camera. So that way, if I wanted to have it as a lock screen or a home screen or something like that, I had that ability because they were kind of cool. Now, the first set were um, some cityscapes. Uh, one of them was, had really crisp uh, lines and all that. Um, and it was like a road with a bunch of buildings with like office buildings kind of with like some of the lights on and stuff like that and it was kind of cool it was very well done um you could tell that there was a there was a lot of effort going into it and um the detail was really really good i a lot of these paintings had really good detail and they were actually were really well done i'm not going to knock them for their talent i'm not knocking them for um any and not going to like detract anything from from the paintings really as far as um the appearance as as far as it goes but and then the second uh cityscape was um kind of a busy street with lights and it had like that um blurred tail lights and it had the because uh, it was raining and so there's like that uh, if you have astigmatism you will know it at, like kind of like that that uh haze or like that glare from lights and stuff at night especially at night and um there's uh street signs there was like store signs and stuff i don't remember there being too many people and stuff but it was still like a lot of cars it was cool 
um and it kind of looks like a scene from like maybe like an old it could be like a from a noir film just instead of it being black and white it was actually in color and again it was really cool it being great like lock screen it was um the point of those is kind of it was like it was like the kind of painting that's very enjoyable to look at you can sit there and enjoy the the picture that the artist is presenting to you and you can take it in and be like wow like this is really well done there's a lot of effort into this and um it might make you reminisce about for me it may reminisce maybe about some old film that maybe would have something like that like you could on the um busy street you could i can always hear like the slow jazz as like a detective was like talking about some case that he had something like that <clears throat> and um so yeah th that's really about it they were really uh i guess like medium you could hang it up as a painting as like a decorative piece and stuff like that and then the second set of paintings that I took pictures of um, were animals. And there were a couple that were in like a nature setting, like a jaguar or something like that. And it was in the jungle. And it was really well done. Uh, it was really pretty um, and everything like that. And similar to the city uh, paintings where it was very pleasant to look at. Um, not much more other than just kind of it was what you were looking at. There wasn't a lot of anything that was symbolic of something or any figure that represented something higher than itself or anything like that. And then the third set of a couple paintings I took a picture of were, um, there was one that was a trumpet player. I want to say it was maybe Louis Armstrong, but it was a famous uh, jazz trumpeteer that I recognized when I saw, uh, I guess, the little plaque or inscription of the painting in the little gallery that we were at. And there was another one. It was like a fox or a wolf head. But uh, the reason that these are similar is that they had the image that was really well done, great uh, lines, great detail. There was really good coloring. But then parts of it were patched worked with random kind of squares of color. It's not like um like a picasso or like a modern art type piece that you would expect where like there's like random shapes that are hodgepodge and like you can sort of get the semblance of the image that's trying to be drawn but like it was legitimately really well drawn it was all uh basically like imagine if you had drawn the lines for the whole painting and you had uh painted everything in except for some spots here and there and then those spots um they were just colored uh like a random teal trapezoid a pink uh square like a diamond here or there um that's what it was there was a lot of just um it, it the colors kind of sort of went with the painting like as far as like the way that like the color stayed on the guy's sleeve it's not like it bled into the background um that sort of thing but and parts of it stayed with like the wolf or again i forget if it was a wolf or a fox but it was like the little fur collar of the uh animal we'll just call it a wolf for simplicity's sake the fur uh collar on the wolf like it was the color just kind of was uniform for like a square or something like that and it was uh again it looked like a bunch of patchwork for color and i didn't really care for that because it's not it like it kind of in a way, it makes it 
unless there's like colors that like were symbolic or something that maybe I wasn't aware of. And I don't think so. I think they're just going with like a nice set, like color set to fill in the stuff. And they're trying to just make it look pretty and colorful. Um, I don't really get why someone would do that. It kind of like to me, it almost kind of like took away from the the art itself. Like you could have that trumpeteer, and you can have a great painting and have it really well colored and designed and all that. You could even put in maybe like a little bead of sweat to kind of show the effort, or like put in um like a little bit of like bulging and like the veins and stuff in the neck to kind of show the effort or anything like that to like kind of show any sort of uh uh of the creativity or the the energy or whatever in the trumpeteer and then the uh i understand like a wolf and a fox are the same color pretty much all the time there's uh just a couple variations in that family of animals but at the same time having the patchwork of weird zany well not really zany but yeah kind of zany colors it i don't know it was just kind of it made it just kind of like eh. i mean it's cool to look at but it's not it's not as good actually to me it wasn't as good as like the city pieces or like the normal animal that was in like the jungle because it was like oh man this is like cool this is reflective of something like of life you could see the um just the grandeur of that jaguar um that was in the jungle because it had a decent and a pretty good like size to it and the scale was pretty good and i guess this kind of leads me to the final bit of the art which was the pieces that kind of like made me scratch my head and go why one of the one of the more puzzling pieces that i saw was it was looked like a bunch of propaganda type posters, like the very flat, bold lines, uh, red, white, and black color scheme type thing. And it was under the giant. Now, don't get me wrong. That's very funny. And that someone make like a propaganda poster with Andre the giant on top of it. But at the same time, what, wh- why? I Like, it's funny maybe for like a meme. It's funny... In that sort of sense, like it's kind of silly that someone would pick Andre the Giant on like some sort of thing that kind of looked like an old Che Guevara propaganda poster thing looking thing. But I I don't understand why that had made it into a gallery other than someone like trying to whoever whoever managed to get that in there, bravo to you, and uh, they should be commended on their charisma and sales skills. They should be a salesman, to be honest that they were able to get that in there. Now, there was one in particular, it was Patrick and SpongeBob, and they were like, they were done, and again, a lot of these had some pretty good uh, skill put into them, but at the same time, um, Patrick and SpongeBob looked really, really weird. Like, um, they almost looked like slightly demented, like their eyes were really weird. The the deep some like it had like oddly weird detail to them. And I'm not saying it had to look exactly like the cartoon in the show, but it, it compared to like a normal meme versus like a deep fried meme. Like that's that's kind of like the difference that we're talking about here. Like it was like some sort of like like it caught your eye because you saw it and you're like, oh, that's that's really weird. That's kind of messed up. Um, like that doesn't look normal at all. And then. 
the last couple ones, um, at least that are of note, were ones that were very, very flat. And I mean flat uh, color scheme-wise, flat just artistically done. They were very 2D. There wasn't any sort of depth to them. Um, one of them I remember in particular was a mural of just a series of just, I think, random female faces. And then they had like a red, white, and blue color scheme and all that. And I get that like women are important in America or some, some probably some sort of message like that or female empowerment. Um, some like some, I guess now bland message like that. Cause you hear that all the time. And I don't know, it's, <clears throat> it was, it, there was nothing really special or significant about it because if you painted people like, uh, Rosa Parks, Susan B. Anthony, a lot of major figureheads, um, then that may have had, like, you could have had, like, a, almost like a Mount Rushmore of female, important female figures in American history. You could have Harriet Tubman, you could have Rosa Parks, like I said, Susan B. Anthony. Like, it, there's a lot of pe- good characters. Well, character sounds weird, but, like, in the story of history, there's a lot of good characters to choose from that you could have done, and you could have made them a lot more lifelike. You could have added a lot more grandeur to them, but it was just a head down to the top of the shoulders little portrait of, like, five to seven women or something like that, and there was no, like, there was, it was weird. Like, it was just random faces that someone had painted and created with, like blue skin with like some like red here and a little bit of white accents on like a white background and it was very flat it was just kind of like a normal drawing that you could do on a piece of paper for yourself there was nothing um greater than itself in that painting um other than maybe the message that it might be trying to portray but I think the message would be better if they had picked some actual historical figures, not random faces. And then the other set was, there was actually a whole gallery for this, I guess, one guy's thing. And it was just, um, he kind of, a lot of stuff was kind of like a serial killer. It had like a mirror with a bunch of words plastered on it. And um, it was kind of like those serial killer like ransom notes or whatever where they take letters from a magazine and like they copy cut and paste them and so then they like make a message and it looks all wonky and uh maybe i'm just out of touch maybe i'm an absolute boomer for thinking that art needs to be reflective of something greater than itself or need to ex- uh, expound something some higher value or something like that but that one gallery it just did not like it, I don't know. It's just there was something about it that it made it looked like it was it made no sense, and it's like something a high schooler would try and do just to get a passing grade for an art project. And I guess that kind of brings me to this idea that art is reflective of the society that it's from. So you have the Renaissance painters, and they painted a lot of Greek figures. They painted um, royalty. Um, and specifically the Greek figures are an important part because you see not only just the grandeur of, uh, the figures like Zeus, you have Michelangelo's David, who's a biblical character, but nonetheless, whether you believe in any of those stories or not, and whether you believe the Bible is true or not, 
you still have those stories of people doing great feats and they have and they represent something to aspire to. After all, David in the Bible is known as a man after God's own heart. And so David represents something that a lot of people aspire to be, a great warrior, a great leader. Um, yes, he does have his little uh, fling with Bathsheba and all that stuff, and then he repents and um, all that stuff. But at the end of the day, it doesn't negate from the fact that it um, that he becomes and he was someone that a lot of people held up in high regard for who he was and the values that he upheld. And then Zeus, it's kind of like in the sense of just the grandness and kind of the power um, of what he represents. It's not so much that um, Zeus uh, is more like the stories are like real because it's like Greek mythology, but the uh, Greek gods that they represent, they're supposed to represent values and aspects of a society greater than just people and just kind of plastering stuff here and there. And the royalty, uh, actually also with the art, you can take in the architecture into consideration as well. Like they built grand cathedrals because they wanted to not only just um, build large cathedrals and buildings and stuff for the sake of a dick measuring contest, but they wanted to um, build something that exalted the worship or whatever was going on. So if it was like a government building to maybe uh, exalt and bring into wonder and spec, uh, build into wonder the, the, uh, the responsibility and the onus on the politicians to maybe do something and work better themselves. Obviously, it usually just leads to corruption because that's the way governments go. And that's the cycle of man in a whole different spiel and discussion on that about the brokenness and fall of mankind. However, then you get into, as art has progressed, it's kind of gotten more vague and less clear because then you have the impressionists which it was you have the renaissance which they had clearly clear defined figures you had clear detail you had um people that look super like the people in the paintings whether they were just regular people greek figures or even uh, royalty of some kind they had clothing that looks super soft the colors were so well done everything looked amazing and just intricate the details were amazing you can look at the Sistine Chapel as well as an example of that and even some of the sculptures like the lady with like the veil I forget exactly the name of it but there's a sculpture of um, a late of a female and she's got a veil over her face but it's all marble and the veil looks like it's just kind of like something that you could just brush away to see a face underneath. And it's it's truly incredible, the craftsmanship and the uh, skill that goes into a lot of these things. And then you get into the Impressionist, which uh, gives like the idea or kind of like the name would imply the impression of something. So um, like Monet, I believe, is one of the lead impressionists. And some of his, like, you could see a boat in the water, but, like, it's kind of, like, really hazy. 
it's almost as if like you have nearsightedness, but like you still kind of see like a blurry image of some mountain in the distance over the water. And it's it is beautiful in some sense, but at the same time there's there's not as much um uh specificity to it. And then you get into cubism with modern and then modern art. And then now you have people taping bananas up to a wall and um it makes you really scratch your head as to really like I understand that um I was having a discussion with someone at work and he was talking about how uh, what is beautiful, what is artful, artistic is like in the eye of the beholder. And I said, well, yeah, maybe you could argue that the postmodern thought of your perspective is not what def- is not uh, truth and is not actual reality, but it's just your perspective. But at the same time, you need to have some sort of clearly that's the that's the kind of the crux of um the irony of humanity is that sometimes you need to have some sort of boundaries in order to have the most freedom and just because you set no boundaries doesn't mean that everything is of equal value in fact i would say that if you set uh no boundaries it actually helps clearly define that which is actually valuable and that which is not valuable so like Jackson Pollock's paintings, I would say it's kind of like just splattering paint and sure you could argue there's some sort of skill that goes into it. But like at the same time, um, unless he's trying to go for like a certain design or maybe something like that, there's not, there's, I, I don't know, there's not as much to it, you know? There's nothing to aspire to. There's nothing to be in awe of. There's nothing to um, hold some sort of ideal and like, there's no higher and greater semblance of itself in something. And I know this is a lot of vague talk and a lot of generalization, but um, it, you ever just watch a movie and it was just a fun ride, like a, some of the superhero movies, like the first Avengers movie. It's just a fun ride of an hour and a half, two hours explosions. And then you walk away and you're kind of like, wow, that was fun. Or um, you ever watch a movie and you walk away and you're like, man, that man, that was a great story. I love the characters. Um, and you develop, like there's the character development. They actually see some sort of change. There's like, if you actually pay attention to the film, there might be like some sort of overall point and like uh, theme, which gets uh, conveyed and portrayed in the movie time and time again it actually um, means something like in Casablanca you have Humphrey Bogart's character wrestle with who he is as a person versus um, he has to wrestle with how he sticks his neck out for nobody but then if he wants to stick his neck out for someone else and he wrestles with who he is throughout the movie and some of the choices and his like his choice between uh duty and also between love it's it's a great movie and i would say that's a film versus some of the marvel movies are more like movies and uh martin scorsese had something like that he said something along the lines of like um i wouldn't call some of these superhero movies cinema because um of various elements that are incorporated to them 
versus the movies that he makes, he would call cinema because there's um, layers to it and there's something deeper um, about it uh, for some of his movies, I would argue. That's a very valid point. All of this to say is that I think that when you look at movies today, you look at um, modern art, like art that's made around these days, it's in very indicative of a lost and directionless society is that when there's no firm foundation for which to stand on, you tend to bounce everywhere. And then if everything's meaningful, then um, you need to decide, then I, I would say somewhere along the line, someone's lying and something's not actually meaningful. Um, if you want to, you could go to a modern art museum. Like if you brought a skateboard or something, try and get one of your friends to lean a skateboard against the wall. And then you stand there and look at it. And I guarantee you people will, uh, look at it with you and ponder the meaning of it. It's the same thing with the urinal, which was like a, uh, an art display. And someone had just taken a urinal and put it into an art museum. They may have like, uh, quote-unquote classed it up a little bit one way or the other but at the end of the day it was still a urinal that was in an art gallery for people to look at think about that just a urinal in an art gallery you paid money so you could look at beautiful art and you get given with a urinal i've gone to some art galleries and the one in St. Petersburg in Florida there's one that has like a Native American exhibit as well it has some very very lovely art like you get to see the um, like it does justice to a lot of Native Americans like it shows the breadth of the way they lived it showed the not really glamour but the um, like some of the traditional dress, I guess, but it it gave a glimpse into their world and you got to like, just kind of admire it. Like it actually gave, made you walk away with something like, oh, wow, that was actually, that was actually kind of cool. I got to see something maybe I didn't get to see before or something like that. And I'm not saying that it was, um, supposed to be indicative of some sort of higher meaning thing, but at least it, it did something more than just, meh. It's just an image. It's just a it's just a jaguar in a forest. It's just a fox with uh it's been kind of painted normally, but then it's got patchwork of like teal, pink, blue, yellow here and there. It it's it was something that you got to kind of like you got to appreciate. There's something to actually appreciate about it. And I don't think that art these days has something like that. And back to the argument with uh my coworker um i gave him i i conceded on a point and i said yeah not everyone get can probably appreciate high art but that doesn't mean that high art doesn't exist just because not everyone can recognize it as one thing i recognize uh specific pieces of art as high art doesn't negate its existence or its place in art history or in the art world just the same way that some people don't really care for maybe some sort of complex, challenging, uh, or deeply, deep, uh, deeply meaningful movie 
or a deeply meaningful book, and they might like simpler storybooks like short stories or um, something like that, that doesn't negate that Crime and Punishment is a great novel, or a lot of Fyodor Dostoevsky's novels are great. That doesn't negate some of the higher, uh, highly regarded works of literature in Western, Eastern, Middle, Central, North, South, whatever uh, canon of literature. And for me, I like a lot of simple food. I'm not really big on high dining and all that. But every time I've gone to somewhere that is some sort of high dining, I, I can, I guess, appreciate the aspect of high dining, like higher quality dining with like the fancy plating, with the, um, the cooking and some, maybe some of the technique and stuff. It's not necessarily for me, but I still appreciate um, it, I guess, every now and then when I go to it. It's not my go-to, but I know a lot of people do enjoy it because there's something about the high quality of cooking that you get to enjoy the um, the cooking process and all of the, I guess, essentially kind of the chemical changes and like some of the play with flavors that chefs will do versus if I go to a diner and I get waffles, I know I'm going to get waffles. I'm going to get very simple type taste and all that. And I know that there's not necessarily a huge robust uh, flavor or experience waiting for me at one of those places. But with food, I enjoy simple things, but that's just me. But when it comes to literature, when it comes to some sort of um, like sometimes video games have a really good um, story to it. And at this point with video games, with movies, with TV shows, my standard now, it's dropped. Well, actually, I've, since I've become more aware of stuff, it's kind of dropped a little bit to the point where I just want a good story. I just want to be engaged in something that will have a good story. They'll have great characters. There'll be a uh, r- relatively uh, good plot along the way. Um, all the different aspects of it kind of fit into the story itself. Nothing really seems forced. And that everything kind of concludes in a natural type way. And that the characters in the end go through some sort of development and are different from when they started. Which might sound like a lot. But that's actually kind of the basics of storytelling. And that's a lot of what video games do these days. Maybe not like the super uh, trendy, popular Twitch streaming um, games. But like the games that actually should matter. Like The Witcher, um, your Outer Worlds, Metro, um, Dishonored. Just trying to think of a couple um, single player games off the top of my head. Bioshock Infinite, which is my favorite single player game of all time. Because I love the way the story went. And at the very end, um, I just stood there with my mouth open. Just shocked and awe of the experience and the ride that I went through. Going through all that stuff and seeing the development of the relationship between Booker and Elizabeth. And then in the end, being handed that, it was, it, it was crazy. Absolutely insane. But um, that's about it. I just wish that art would return to some sort of higher form to where there's something greater beyond itself versus just uh, versus it being what it is on the very surface level. And um, yeah.
That's really about that's really about all I got for this one. I don't want to drone on too long because it might not be as interesting. But anyway, this has been an entry in the journal of John Roskull. I will see you for the next one.